Hey, everybody. Welcome to Two Live Jew. I'm your host, Jacob Wool. Laura Loomer is uh, out tonight. She's working on a special investigative special that we're going to be talking about on the next episode this Friday. Uh, so look out for that. In the meantime, we've got a ton of news to talk about, and we weren't just going to leave out an episode. We're not going to hang you out to dry here. Uh, there's so much news to talk about. We've got Mueller updates. We've got updates with respect to Iran. And I've got a special from Laura, uh, which she's just released on her YouTube channel. Uh, so why don't we start there? And, and what she uncovered, you know, Laura is on the, on the cutting edge of stopping the Sharia invasion that's happening in the United States. The Islamification of neighborhoods, much like we're seeing across Western Europe where basically entire neighborhoods are converted into uh, Middle Eastern-style Islamic areas. They want Sharia courts. Uh, this is what they're calling for. This is their vision, is to establish a caliphate in the West. So so why don't we start there? We're just going to cut straight to the chase. Uh, here is Laura's clip. Hey, guys. Laura Loomer here. I'm about to show you the creepiest and the scariest endorsement for governor that was caught on camera that you'll ever see in your life. Check it out. When I think about building power, I think about brothers like Abdul Sayyid who is in this room today, who is running to be the first Muslim governor of the state of Michigan. He can't, sisters and brothers, he's a wonderful brother. He's an inspiring brother. He is well qualified to be the next governor of Michigan, but he can't do that without you. He's wearing an abolish ice t-shirt. Not only does he need your mashallah and bismillah and dua, he needs your money. And to my favorite... Well, hold on. Why, why do you think that uh, uh, a, a, this guy is wearing an abolish ice t-shirt? You think it might have something to do with the fact that ice stops Islamic terror plots constantly? person in this room, because that's mutual, is Imam Siraj Wahaj, who has been a mentor, a motivator, an encourager of mine, someone who has taught me to speak truth to power. Who is Shiraz Wahaj? He is an unindicted co-conspirator in the 1993 World Trade Center bombing that's who Linda Sarsour, uh, the leader of the Women's March, one of the left's heroes, somebody who is not shadow banned by Twitter, but instead of being shadow banned, she's actually promoted. Twitter actually promotes her tweets. They put her on the list of people to follow. They put her on the front page. They send out her emails to Twitter accounts that haven't even been active in years. That is who is endorsing this candidate for government. And who does she call special attention to? An unindicted co-conspirator in the 1993 World Trade Center bombing. Power and not worry about the consequences. Someone who has taught me that we are on this earth to please Allah and only Allah, that we are not here to please any man. Or right. We're just here to praise Allah and only Allah and, uh, you know, the United States law and order and Western ways of, 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 you know, Western values. The hell with that. We're just here to praise Allah this is their own words, folks. I don't need to say much. They say it themselves. They declare it proudly. Our women on this earth, so I'm grateful to you, Imam Siraj, and you might think this is weird, but every once in a while when I get into that deep, a dark place, um, Imam Siraj comes and talks to me, um, and that he helps me to emerge out of those spaces. So Here's a, a great quote from Allah Siraj, or Amah Siraj. He says, if Allah says 100 strikes... A hundred strikes it is. If Allah says cut off their hand, cut off their hand. If Allah says stone them to death, though the Prophet Muhammad, then you stone them to death. Because it's obedience to Allah and his messenger. Nothing personal. 
I'm grateful to you, Imam Suraj. May Allah bless you and protect you and keep you. She says, may Allah bless you and protect you. This is who they're calling attention to. This is who they're inviting. And this is who, this is the ilk that they're trying to put in charge of the state of Michigan. For a long time for our community because we need you uh, now more than ever. As you can see, there's some pretty scary and disturbing things going on in Linda Sarsour's head. But what's even more disturbing and scarier than that is the fact that Abdul El Said, who's currently running to become the first Muslim governor of Michigan, didn't distance himself from Sarsour, even after she expressed admiration and support for Siraj Wahaj, who was a co-conspirator in the 1993 attempt to blow up the World Trade Center in New York. Siraj once said, So, th so these are the people who are adorning the new candidates and who the left is getting right behind, and who the women's march, I, I thought these people were feminists. No, no, they're not feminists. They want every woman to be wearing a hijab because, remember, obedience to Allah is the foremost goal. That is the foremost goal uh, for the likes of Linda Sarsour, for the likes of this Michigan gubernatorial candidate. Obedience to Allah governs them. Not the Constitution, not common sense, not common law, not the Magna Carta, not 2,000 years of Western tradition. No. What governs these people's actions is obedience to Allah. He says it himself. If Allah tells you to stone the infidel, you stone the infidel. Not because it's anything personal. Allah said to do it. If Allah says blow yourself up and take down the World Trade Center, you do it because Allah said so. These are the people that they're trying to put in charge. These are the people that are making their way to the head of the Democrat Party. These are the people that are running the Women's March. And by the way, millennial white hipsters who love to call themselves social justice warriors, who love to pretend that they are the ones who are virtuous. They are the ones who are adorned with a perfect moral compass. And you, you, the conservative, the dirty racist, you're the one who should feel guilty. Anne Hathaway herself said that all white people, she just said this the other day at a speech, all white people must walk around with a sense of implicit guilt because they, in a sense, are evil and wear the guilts of, uh, of, of slavery. Even though most white folks had nothing to do with slavery in the, in the U.S. I mean, the, the bulk of the white people in the United States, their families came in the 1880s, well after slavery, well after slavery in the countries they came from. Uh, of course, Slavery wasn't outlawed in Saudi Arabia until 1961. That's right. As we speak, in Libya, there are open-air slave markets. They're identical to the ones that were set up in the 1400s and the 1300s, in the BCs. There are open-air slave markets in Libya, and this is the, this is the moral compass. This is the... Uh, this is the, the people that they want to put into place, the people that believe obedience to this system, the system that allows open-air slave markets, the system that didn't ban slavery in Saudi Arabia until 1961. This is who the social justice warriors want to put in charge because, hey, nothing says equality like women must cover their face. Nothing says equality like stone somebody to death for cheating on their boyfriend. And nothing says equality and tolerance and fairness and kindness like honor killings, I guess, and suicide bombings, according to the likes of Linda Sarsour. Her own words, this is what they've got to say. They're right out in the open, and uh, this is what they're pushing. So you need to be on the lookout. And they'll call me a racist, and they'll call Laura Loomer a racist for just making a video that shows these people's own words, or just making a podcast that shows these people's own words. It is absolutely insane. 
absolutely insane. Now, before we get to uh, the Mueller updates, which which we've got to talk about, and, and there's some important notes that you've got to have there, I'm not just going to repeat the headlines. I'm not just going to uh, tell you what you already have read and, and I've already seen on Fox News. Now, today we've got something important analysis that you've got to hear. But before we get there, I've got to talk about this update on Iran, because this is, after all, a Jewish podcast, and the number one the number one threat to the Jewish state is Iran. Uh, Trump gave a, a speech yesterday, uh, or it was really a press conference, alongside the Italian prime minister, who, by the way, said he's completely admir- uh, in admiration of the U.S. economy that's totally booming. Can't figure it out. Maybe it has something to do with the EU, unelected globalist bureaucrats. I don't know. Just an idea. Hey, Trump probably told him that, too. You know, it's not a zero-sum game. If Italy does well, it's probably good for us. But uh, here's what Trump had to say on Iran yesterday. You spoke a bit about Iran today and your discussions, and I'm wondering if you could tell us what you think Iran needs to do to reduce some of the tensions. And you've met with um, the leaders of North Korea and Russia. Are you prepared also, are you willing to meet with President Rouhani, and under what conditions? And have there been any preliminary discussions about something like that? with anybody. I believe in meeting. Uh, The prime minister said it better than anybody can say it. Speaking to other people, especially when you're talking about potentials of war and death and famine and lots of other things, you meet. There's nothing wrong with meeting. We met, as you know, with Chairman Kim, and uh, you haven't had a missile fired off in nine months. We got our prisoners back. So many things have happened so positive. But uh, meeting with people, I had a great meeting, in my opinion. Of course, the fake news didn't cover it that way. But I had a great meeting with President Putin of Russia. I think it was a great meeting in terms of the future, in terms of safety and economic development and protecting Israel and protecting everybody. I thought it was a great meeting. Great meeting with NATO. I just explained NATO. Hundreds of billions of dollars more money will be paid into NATO, the coffers of NATO and much already has. So I believe in meeting. I would certainly meet with Iran if they wanted to meet. I don't know that they're ready yet. They're having a hard time right now. But I ended the Iran deal. It was a ridiculous deal. I do believe that they will probably end up wanting to meet. And I'm ready to meet anytime they want to. And I don't do that from strength or from weakness. I think it's an appropriate thing to do. If we could uh, work something out that's meaningful, not the waste of paper, that the other deal was, I would certainly be willing to meet. Do you have preconditions for that meeting? No preconditions, no. They want to meet, I'll meet. Anytime they want. Anytime they want. It's good for the country, good for them, good for us, and good for the world. No preconditions. If they want to meet, I'll meet. So what does this really represent? What does this mean? You know, a lot of people are going to say, Trump's going soft on Iran. What the hell? What's going on? I thought regime change was what was happening. Jacob, you've been telling us regime change, regime change, regime change. What is going on? What's this change of tune? It's not a change of tune, folks. It, Trump is the, is the world's best 8D chess player, 4D chess player, whatever you want to say. This is world-class strategy. Now, let me explain. The people of Iran are under tremendous pressure. The United States has, played, has placed huge, huge sanctions on them. They're, they're so desperate now that they're actually suing the U.S., trying to do it in federal court, trying to do it in the world court at The Hague. Uh, they should probably go to Hawaii if they'd like to win, or maybe San Francisco, but hey, you know what? Uh, I don't want them to win, so nobody tell them that. Just keep that between you and us. 
All right. You and me. Uh, so they want to, they, you know, they, they, they're really under pressure. There is a huge rift between the everyday people and the regime. They've had to turn off the internet in that country just to keep down the protests and keep people from organizing. And so what is Trump doing? What Trump is doing is classic good cop, bad cop. But he is the good cop. We don't have any bad cop. Well, well, I mean, some would say Pompeo and Pence, but he's the good cop. Bolton presumably could be a bad cop. He did that with North Korea. It worked wonders, as we all saw. But really the bad cop is the Iranian regime. Really the bad cop is the Mullahs. Really the bad cop is Rouhani. And when the Iranian people get word that President Trump offered to meet with their leader, and who knows, potentially lift sanctions, potentially give them massive economic development, when the Iranian people learn, and they will learn, that President Trump offered to meet with their leader, but their leader said no, which he did. About two hours after this, Rouhani came out, he released a statement, said he will never meet with the U.S. infidels, death to America, death to Israel, go to hell. That's what he said. Uh, So, in the eyes of the Iranian people, that kind of rhetoric, in the face of U.S. openness to a meeting, makes them, makes their leaders, not us, look bad. That is what Trump is doing here. I've got this. I've confirmed this strategy with top people in the White House. It's what is going on. So don't think for a moment that Trump's taking it easy on Iran. Trump's trying to preserve world peace. Trump's trying to pre- preserve world stability. If we could get, you know, if we could get along with Iran, that'd be great. I think it's a long shot. But this scenario, this scenario where we're open to a meeting and they're rejecting it, leaves only two outcomes. Only two things can come from this. The first thing would be regime change because they say no and we're like, okay, you won't meet, no choice but to remove you. And the other thing that could come from it is a meeting, is peace, is some sort of resolution that doesn't involve bombs and bullets and and deaths and famines, as Trump says, in that brilliant answer. So don't think that Trump's going soft in Iran and certainly don't believe the fake news media who's going to say now that he's uh, done colluding with Russia, he's colluding with Iran. This, this, is, this is utter nonsense. Of course, Barack Hussein Obama is the one who colluded with Iran. He's the one that sent $150 billion on pallets to Iran in the dead of night on U.S. cargo planes. He's the one that paid, not demanded, paid for the release of U.S. Navy hostages. That was not Trump. That was Barack Hussein Obama. Never forget it. Now, I want to tell you about this Mueller news that that I've been alluding to throughout the show. Uh, But first, I just want to tell you guys about a great product and and a friend and a sponsor of the show, which is Renegade Box. Okay, if if you want to put CNN out of business, if you want to save thousands on your cable bill, you have no choice but to buy the Renegade Box. There's other things like this out there. You buy them on Craigslist. You buy them on eBay. They might work. They might not. Who knows? They don't have any customer support. Now, this is what you want. This is the pro version. It's $250. You can buy it at Cooltronics. That's cool with a K. Link will be down below in the show notes. Cooltronics, K-O-O-L-T-R-O-N-I-X.com. You can buy this at Cooltronics.com. It's $250, but wait, it gets better, as they say. I've got a coupon code right now. If you want to save 10%, Okay, it's already deeply discounted. I had Dave move the prices way down. The retail is like five nineteen. I said, get the price down. Nobody's gonna pay five nineteen. Too much money. I said, get the price down to two fifty. He did. They've also got some bundles and some other things. You can check it out. But you can go to Cooltronics.com. You enter the coupon code the coupon code WOL. That's W O H L, and you get 
10% off. That saves you 25 bucks. It's a 360 win. You save thousands on your cable bill. This thing has every TV show, live streaming, uh, you name it, movies. It's got it all, games, YouTube, smart TV. It's got it everything. I've got this beautiful 120-inch uh, TV out in the living room. And I'll tell you what, this thing just works wonders. It's all in 4K, and uh, you really can't go wrong. That's Cooltronics with a K and an X at the end. Dot com links in the show notes. Dot TV. You got to check out the Renegade box. It's there's just nothing like it. But uh, moving on to Robert Mueller, there is something that you need to be aware of. As of course the the, the you know the trial for Paul Manafort started today in Virginia federal court. Uh, first thing to know is this court moves very quickly, so we shouldn't expect this to take all that long. The, the Virginia federal court is known to move infamously fast. Now. Prosecutors, in their opening arguments today, spent their entire time, spent their entire time talking about Paul Manafort's extravagant lifestyle. They say that between 2010 and 2014, in the country of Ukraine, he earned more than $60 million. Okay, I don't know what's wrong with that. He's doing really well for himself. Great. I think that should be encouraged. And they said that through shell companies in Cyprus, he spent secret income to bankroll an extravagant lifestyle that included luxury real estate, tailored suits, and a $15,000 custom jacket made from ostrich. And they went on and on and on and talked about his extravagant lifestyle. Well, they did that to six women, six men, pretty poor jurors from you know not very nice areas in Virginia. What do you think that causes in the jury? They hear about this lifestyle. They hear about everything else. Hopefully, they can respond with an argument against dirty cop Robert Mueller. But that's just the first thing. That's going to be the subject of all the media attention. The other thing that you need to pay attention to here, uh, which, is, which is, I think, critical, is that the Trump team, Giuliani, you name it, are reiterating a point that was, I think, first introduced and kind of promulgated by Alan Dershowitz, which is that collusion is not a crime. Collusion is not a crime. And that is true. There is no section in the U.S. Code where you can say collusion. And indeed, no one has been charged with collusion. However, however, what Mueller is trying to do here, what Mueller is trying to do is not charge anybody with collusion because there's no way to do that, legally speaking. What he is trying to do is establish precedent around this conspiracy to defraud the United States charge. We hear this over and over again. Conspiracy to defraud the United States. Conspiracy to defraud the United States. Conspiracy to defraud the United States. It's just a fill-in-the-blank placeholder charge for anything that you can't find another charge for, and Mueller's been using it over and over again. Conspiracy to defraud the United States. So if that day comes where he tries to rig this up and stick something on Trump for some kind of collusion, rest assured, it will not be a charge called colluding with Russia. There is no such thing. It will be a charge called conspiracy against the United States. It's the same thing that they charged the Russians with who supposedly hacked Hillary's emails, although the, the level of detail in that indictment raises suspicions. And, uh, you know, the, the person who I think is most qualified to talk about that, and I encourage you to go listen and check it out, is security expert Steve Gibson. He's a cybersecurity expert, goes on Leo Laporte constantly, just world class. I mean, this guy's the best of the best. And he pointed out that there's virtually no way that they could know the information that they listed in that indictment. And he's not political. He's just a tech guy. 
Okay, he's just a tech blogger, cybersecurity guy, doesn't care about politics, all right? And he said that it was just shocking to see the level of detail and that there's no feasible way. And this guy's been contracted by the NSA, you name it. He's a top guy, okay? He knows all of the tricks of the trade. He says there's no way that they could have had all that information. But nonetheless, they threw charges against the Russians called conspiracy to defraud the United States. If that day of reckoning comes, it's not really a day of reckoning, it's a day of fraud on the part of Mueller. If that day comes where he tries to charge people with collusion, rest assured, it's not going to be collusion, it's going to be conspiracy to defraud the United States. That is why he keeps presenting these charges against, you know, potentially Papadopoulos, but then ended up getting rid of him. Presents them against the Russians, but, you know, there's no case law that's going to be established there because they're not showing up unless this uh, Concord management company who actually did show up to court uh, loses. Then I guess they'll have some case law, but it's slippery anyway. Okay. This is all from top legal experts, folks. I'm not a lawyer. I just, you know, I listen, I do the deep analysis. I listen to the experts and then I convey it to you. So there's going to be no collusion charges that, that are ever brought forth against anyone, anyone, because there is no such charge. And, and, and charges are not a, a, a short answer question. What charges you are you filing is a multiple choice question. Understand? You have to pick from the U.S. code. You don't get to make up crimes on the spot. That's not the way it works. The job of law enforcement is not to make the law. That's the job of Congress. The job of law enforcement is to enforce the law. Now, the other thing to be aware of, well, people will say in the comments, I'm sure they'll say, well, Jacob, uh, they, Rod Rosenstein and it says the Mueller probe, and the Mueller probe said, I guess, publicly, they plan to follow precedent that they can't indict the President of the United States. The precedent, of course, being a 1973 uh, ruling, which was later reiterated in a 1995 edict from the Department of Justice, a, a letter that was issued. Here's the problem with that, folks. That entire supposition is based on the idea that we can trust Rod Rosenstein not to write Mueller a special exemption to that part of DOJ guidelines. Okay, because Rod Rosenstein can sit in his office and simply write Robert Mueller an exemption to that rule. He can simply write him an exemption to that rule, believe it or not. And, you know, do we trust that Rod Rosenstein is not going to do that? Rod Rosenstein's the guy that signed off on the FISA warrants against Carter Page with the idea that Carter Page is some kind of secret Russian spy that is the super spy, Right. He's the one that signed FISA warrants against Paul Manafort for tax charges. Remember, folks, the FISA court was set up to fight terrorists. It wasn't even set up to fight Russian spies. You can wiretap them anytime you want. Remember, they're foreign agents. It's only wiretapping Americans. And this was set up to wiretap Americans that decided to become Islamic terrorists. Remember, when this first came out, when this kind of FISA court first came out in the kind of early to mid-70s, terrorism as we know it today was just kind of getting its start the PLO and the Popular Front for the Liberation of Palestine that wasn't so popular, it turned out. These groups were hijacking planes left and right. And people in the United States were getting scared. Planes were getting hijacked all over the place. Antebi, you name it. And so we set up the FISA court. Since 1974, I might add, the FISA court has been presented with more than 35,000 applications. Do you know how many they've rejected? 12. They've rejected 12 since 1974. And one of those 12 just happened to be the first application against Carter Page. 
believe it or not. Now, this isn't to say that the FISA court is a complete sham per se, because obviously you get different judges, and uh, they, it's not the same judges since the 1970s by any stretch of the imagination. In fact, the lead guy against Trump, Rudolph Contreras, was just placed in the FISA court by Obama a couple of years ago. Okay, so this this isn't something that necessarily we can say the FISA court's inherently corrupt, although we could make that argument, but I'll leave that to the civil liberty scholars like Alan Dershowitz. What I prefer to point out here is that the FISA court and the way it's set up and the norms the way they've normally been, the FISA court leaves the discretion, or at least a lot of it, up to the law enforcement officers and prosecutors that decide to file the applications. You see, the FISA court essentially has become a rubber stamp factory, and they rely on people like Rod Rosenstein and Peter Strzok and Sally Yates and Jim Comey and Barack Obama to not be dirty cops. You see, it's all based on that. There is a trust system in place. There's an honor system, if you will. But when the Justice Department is corrupted, when they're willing to present phony evidence to this court, including a phony Russian dossier created by Christopher Steele, and when they're willing to file applications to really stick somebody for tax charges under the guise of maybe they colluded, i.e. Paul Manafort. When you've got law enforcement officers who are doing that, it wouldn't matter how honest the FISA court was. You could bring these warrants in front of any court and you'd probably get them because they were based on false information. They were based on lies. In one case, they were based on a circular reporting from Yahoo News, which is hardly a real news site. I mean, most of the things that Yahoo News publishes is just reposted crap from Business Insider and AFP and AP and you name it. But of course, if the law enforcement officers are inherently corrupt, the judges aren't going to be able to do much good. Although we can poke some holes in the FISA court case because we remember in Peter Strzok's text messages, he was hosting parties with Rudolph Contreras and exotic dancers. Yeah, they had strippers over and the FISA judge and Peter Strzok and Lisa Page and they're all hanging out with strippers. And Peter Strzok, as he says in his own text messages, is greasing the wheels to make sure that they can get that warrant against Trump, make sure they can get that FISA warrant against Paul Manafort, make sure they can get that FISA warrant against Carter Page, and now it's looking like everybody else who was involved in the Trump campaign. We have to be able to trust our law enforcement agencies. If our law enforcement agencies go to hell, everything else is, is for broke. There's nothing we can do about the courts. There's nothing we can do about anything else. If, if the law enforcement agencies become occupied, run at the very top by dirty cops, there is really nothing we can do. It's all for broke. It's all for broke. Uh, so that's something that we're going to continue to watch. It's something that we're going to help you to understand because it's, I understand it's so complicated. And, and at some points, I, I'm tempted to just say, what does it matter? You know, it, it's so complex and it's unlikely to affect you, but I think it does affect you. It does affect you if our law enforcement agencies target Trump supporters and become inherently corrupt. It does matter to you. So we're going to keep talking about it. We're going to keep bringing you the best points here on 2 Live Jew. Last story I want to talk about today is something I saw and I could, I could hardly believe, I, I, it, but it's real. It's completely real. And uh, here's what it is. We've got surveillance footage that shows President Obama's, one of President Obama's senior officials following a woman around the D.C. metro station and taking pictures up her skirt with his cell phone. I really don't like to talk about this stuff, folks. I find it lurid. I find it disgusting. It kind of grosses me out. It makes me lose my appetite. 
but these people just don't stop. It's like, you name it, $64,000 hot dog parties that we still don't have any explanation for. James Gunn just busted last week. Massive pedophile. Uh, tons of tweets talking about having sex with kids. And now we've got William Mendoza, the director of the White House Initiative on American Indian and Alaska Native Education under Barack Obama, but he was really a top guy that was just in the inner circle in the White House all the time. Married, father of three, caught on July 5th. Now he's pleaded guilty to attempted voyeurism and resigned from his job. Uh, this is this is incredible. He was fined. Get this, folks. What was his punishment? Anybody want to know what his punishment was for this? A fine of $100. Give me a break. If I leave my car in Los Angeles at a parking meter one minute too long, it's more than $100. I think it's 130 bucks now. Okay. This guy is a creepy son of a bitch. And he's following this woman around and she's looks like an attractive an attractive younger woman. Uh, she may have even been underage. I don't think we know. The only reason they caught him was because of was because of the metro footage, the camera footage. It looks like frankly she could be in her early 20s or late teens. And this guy's following her around, taping under her skirt on the escalator. I mean, really creepily following her around everywhere through the train station. Really, really sick. And this is one of Obama's top guys, and he's busted for pedophilia. And I don't mean to talk about this nonstop. I don't mean to beat this horse dead, but the stories just keep coming. And at the very top, these people love pedophiles. I don't know what it is. Uh, You know, we played that whole clip yesterday where NBC was defending James Gunn and calling Mike Cernovich alt-right and saying, don't believe Mike Cernovich. James Gunn's a good guy. He should get his job back. He just has a little different sexual preferences. Well, I'm sorry, if your sexual preferences involve children, it's unacceptable. So you've got this coming out, no coverage from CNN, no coverage from the mainstream media, none, none. There was absolutely no coverage from CNN, no coverage from the mainstream media. Let me ask you a question. Do you think if one of Trump's top guys, do you think if Perhaps Stephen Miller were caught doing this. Do you think if Stephen Miller were caught doing this, the left would be so silent? Do you think CNN would be so silent? I don't think so. In fact, Stephen Miller can't even throw out his damn Chinese food without having it become a national story. Washington Post, New York Times, CNN, all day, 24-hour cycle, trending on Twitter. No, he can't even do that. But... We can have Obama officials running around, taping up people's skirts, having $64,000 hot dog parties, you name it, and that's A-OK. It's A-OK. Absolutely disgusting. Sickening. And the guy gets from a D.C. court, found guilty, convicted, and he gets a $100 fine. $100. You know, folks, my dad's a lawyer. He's represented these kind of folks before. He'd never gotten them off on a $100 fine. I can promise you that. If they were innocent, he got them off with nothing. But $100 fine when you're convicted and you're found guilty? Give me a break. This is pure and utter garbage. This is why people don't trust the courts. This is why people don't trust the courts anymore. 
for this very reason. A guy does something like this and he gets a hundred dollar fine. Just disgusting. So, folks, uh, and this guy was working with children. Remember, he was the director of education, and uh, he was working with Native American and, um, and, and Eskimo children. Just utterly sick. 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 God, I, I just, I hate to have to cover that. Well, folks, uh, make the best of life, because I'll tell you what, the economy's booming. You got to go grass while the sun shines. I could tell you the numbers. They just go on and on and on. I'm sure you all watched the Trump rally tonight. Uh, but go out there and, and, and get in the real world. You know, get, get, get out of the news cycle, uh, get into the real world because there's a lot of opportunity out there and it, would, and it would be a shame to pass it up. And make sure to vote Republican, of course, to keep this rally going in the economy. But there's jobs, there's, there's, there's things going on, there's businesses you can start, there's so much going on. Uh, I hate to get you down with, with news like this about all these sicko leftists and, and you name it. Uh, this is really something... Uh, that you should capitalize on this Trump economy, this booming economy. It's something you're going to tell your grandchildren about. It's something that's going to be written about in the history books. So please, you know, right after you finish listening to the Washington Reporter podcast and to Live Jew, go out there and 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 get outside. And, and I, especially this is to the liberal listeners because I know they're the worst. You know, they don't have jobs. They're depressed. They're down. Liberals, if you're listening, please go make something of yourself. Go make something happen. Okay? You don't need to sit on your butts and complain about Trump all day. Doesn't matter. Get after it. Make some money. Make something happen. And uh, I think you'll be all the happier for it. And you'll probably become a Trump supporter when the Democrats say, hey, time to pay the piper. 90% tax. Come on down. But uh, anyway, folks, Laura and I will be back on Friday. She'll be presenting her special report that she's working on as we speak tonight. Uh, Laura Loomer, of course, who you can follow at Laura Loomer, YouTube, you name it. You can buy her merchandise down at lauraloomer.us, links in the show notes. Uh, in the meantime, have a fantastic week. Uh, make sure to catch the Washington Reporter podcast on Thursday and Two Live Jew on Friday. It's going to be a great week. You can follow everything at thewashingtonreporter.com. Make sure to like, subscribe, share, and support the show. Thanks so much for listening. I'll see you next time.